1: It's Gary Parish. It's Monday, March 14, 2022. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Iowa College Basketball Podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, Dodo Birds and Leaky Black Mat. Norlander is here with me. Chip Patterson is also here with me. Happy Monday after Selection Sunday. As I told you on Sunday night's podcast, it drifted after midnight. We are doing four short previews of each region in the 2022 NCAA Tournament. This is one of them. We're previewing the East where Baylor is the number one seed, Kentucky, number two seed, Purdue is the number three seed, and UCLA is the number four seed. Chip, I'll start with you. Is there a first round game in the East Regional that you cannot wait to put your
2: eyes on? Uh, are you kidding me with Murray State in San Francisco? Because you already want to advance to a Murray State Kentucky, right? You just, you already want to sort of put that in place as your second round matchup. I don't think that the Dons are going to make that particularly easy. And so I, I've got that one identified. Where more than likely the winner of Murray State San Francisco will be losing in the second round to Kentucky. But the idea of who is going to be able to escape and have that opportunity, where you're going to come out of that game feeling like you've really accomplished something. You know, by the time you get to Saturday and Sunday at the NCAA tournament in the first round, it, there are sometimes you kind of feel like you escaped, you stole a win, you played poorly, but still figured out a way to get it done. Whoever wins Murray State San Francisco, that is a NCAA t- tournament victory that will be earned. And that's why it's probably one of my favorite ones in the first round.
0: Dead leg. You. Uh, Definitely. Mauricio San Francisco. We've talked about it on. Uh HQ we talked about on the podcast. That's the one I'm looking forward to. By the way, uh Chip Patterson cover three's own work. I did not, we are so busy. I don't even I wanted to get the Costanza worlds are colliding dropping here. I couldn't even get that done in time there. It's wonderful to have you on, Chip. Um, he's gonna give us some uh some you know picks against the spread and all that good stuff as well. Cause frankly, uh for as good as I've been in final four and one, GP's been phenomenal in his final four and one picks all season long. Yep. Cobb's been good. Chip Patterson is the gold standard. Paris, are you familiar with the idea of a unity lock?
1: Yes, I am. That's when everybody's on the same page. I know what a unity lock okay, is. Okay, okay, here we don't, go. Maurice don't State test San Francisco. me. Don't test I, me. And by the way, I'm not pretending to be an airplane here. If you're watching it on YouTube. Okay. Hey, hey, YouTube. Uh, this is another sign of, of uh, aging. Just pulled a muscle in my okay. side trying to pull up the bracket. I'm in pain right now. I'm hurt. You think Kirk Crease is struggling? Nothing compared to what I'm dealing with right now.
0: I did did wonder, if you're listening, listen, we're not going to harp on the visuals because most people listen to the podcast as opposed to watch it, but I did wonder what this was all about as I'm trying to lay out Chip being on the pod. I I didn't know. Honestly, I figured you would just hit a fever dream state and I was just, I'm just rolling with it. So CP, all good. Merced I would have believed
2: every- it. Like a, this is that time of year where based on the amount of sleep, the information that you've consumed and the t-shirt canon of content that you are asked to be across multiple platforms. Maybe you are just kind of soaring. Maybe this is a good time. <laughs> what, what, what if I, what if I did think
1: I was an airplane? We've reached the point where I think <laughs> I'm an airplane. I, like this is the time of the year where you start to get delirious because mm-hmm. it's constant travel, constant work, very little sleep. <laughs> Real quick on being delirious Several years ago, I was in Charlotte for like, you know, a, a sweet 16 or something like that and got out of the uh, I got into an elevator and there were like three people in the elevator and they had on like uh, Carolina Panthers, you know, gear on. They, they, you know, they were, and, uh, and I said, uh, I said, uh, oh, uh, you guys, you guys from from Carolina? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, so what what brought you here? And they're like, what? I was like, so what 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 brought you to Carolina? Uh I, I, No, I know I said what brought you here? And they were like, What? And and I was like, and it clicked to me. I was like, we're in Charlotte. That's why Hi. they're here. Yeah, we're in. I'm actually in Charlotte. I had no idea where I was. Because
2: That's you're how- at the West End and Bank of America Stadium is right around the corner right now. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was like, I was like curious, like, ooh, why, why are you Panthers fans here? It's like we're here to watch a football game. What are you talking about? Yeah, the whole, whole
0: whole thing's outrageous. I like Murray State, San Francisco. We're going to try our damnedest to make these breezy for you, region-by-region region breakdowns here. Murray State at San Francisco is the best watch of the first round as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but there's plenty to be intrigued by here. I think there's a we're not going to get four one-seeds to the Final Four. Baylor seems a bit vulnerable. It's obviously banged up. Kentucky is a fantastic team. Can it get past the Murray State if it faces them in the second round? There's a lot to really like about this region. UCLA made the Final Four last year. Could be the best four. Then again, when you look around the bracket, there's a lot of really good four-seeds this season. Carolina over Baylor is a uh, is one that I think people might be looking at as a potential if you're gonna look for a one to go down early. I don't know if I totally buy that, but GP Dury, your direct question, of all of the first-round games in this, Murray State-San Francisco is the best watch, and then I would put Texas-Virginia Tech right behind it. Vod goes into this tournament on fire. I think it's a good matchup for the Hokies against a Longhorns team that was a preseason top five in the eyes of plenty. It's obviously fallen short of that. Still a good team, veteran team, capable of winning that game. Frankly, might be capable of being a 6 seed that makes it in the Sweet 16. So uh, the yeah. bottom half of this East region are, are my top two. Texas-Virginia Tech and then Murray State-San Fran.
1: Deadleg, you'll remember, it wasn't too long ago where we were openly discussing the possibility that Virginia Tech, they they, they were computer trickers. And now look, (laughs) now look, they look like computer trickers all season long. And now they're ACC Tournament champions. Yeah, I I, I think everybody's on board. Murray State San Francisco is awesome. You're looking for a next best game, uh, Texas-Virginia Tech. And uh, there are some uh, computer simulations norlander and i were on cbs sports hq earlier today that had virginia tech not only winning that game uh, but also winning its next game over purdue so we'll get to that next is there an unlikely sweet 16 team here but before we go any further real quick let me remind you about our bracket challenge game we want you to compete with us so please do i'm gonna be in there norlander will be in there Boom. David Cobb, I hope to God Chip Patterson's in there. You can join us at slash CBSI on brackets. Winner are going to get a $100 gift card to Paramount Plus, which is uh, terrific because you can watch NCAA tournament games on Paramount Plus. Uh, tons of soccer, Champions League, golf majors in the NFL football. It's all available on Paramount Plus. Beyond that, Halo going to be streaming March 24th exclusively on Paramount Plus. You can head to paramountpluscom Halo. To try it for free, and when you enter our bracket challenge game, uh, like I told you Sunday night, don't stop there. You can also create a group to compete against friends, compete against enemies. I personally think it's more fun to compete against enemies than friends. If you get, you know, contact if you're comfortable enough to text your enemies, like Pete Davidson and Kanye West, they text each other, they're enemies. If you're comfortable enough to text your enemies and get them into a bracket challenge game, do that. You can also uh, compete for a chance to win a trip to the 2023 Final Four It's all free you can play on the CBS Sports app or at cbsports.com/cBSi on brackets. All right. Norlander. Virginia Tech, I just told you, in some computer simulations, is a Sweet 16 team, even though it's an 11 seed. If you were trying to identify an unlikely Sweet Sweet 16 team, would you start there or go somewhere else?
0: Uh, Unlikely Sweet 16 team. You, OK, let's just let's establish this right now. GP first and chip. Do you think identifying a Virginia Tech team that's coming in the way it is, would you say it's unlikely because of its seed? Or maybe that gets tossed out the window, parish because of how well it's been ranked in the metrics most of the season? I think any double-digit seed is an unlikely Sweet 16 team, like by definition. Okay, I think that's fair. My, uh, my answer, Chip, uh, I'm actually going to go San Francisco because it has been a top 35 Ken Palm team the entire season. It's a 10 seed. It gets a 32 Murray state team. And then it would play Kentucky. That would be a super interesting backcourt matchup. Um, I think uh, an unlikely, but potential sweet 16 team from the double digit seed. That's really spicy. I would go with the Dons here. I have, I have heard you
1: pick Murray state to beat Kentucky in the round of 32 and beat San Francisco to beat Murray state in the round of 64. Hold Hold on. All all within the past two
0: hours. That's hundred percent correct. (laughs) That's hundred percent correct. Uh, I'm not picking San Francisco to do that on this podcast. I'm just saying a conceivably doable double digit seed. That's not like Virginia tech to me is more obvious. San Francisco is less obvious. So I'm saying that the less obvious pick that could still do it. That's all.
2: I got North Carolina. It's not double digit to fully fit the criteria, but I think that North Carolina being an unlikely sweet 16 team fits the bill because it means you've taken down Baylor. And why would that happen? Because I think that playing Armando Bacot and really this is a problem for Baylor with the whole region to me, because you're talking about Oscar Shibwe, you're talking about Zach Eady, not having Jonathan Chamuchachua, your best interior defender and your best rebounder. Like the, big men in the big 12 are, are very good you know david mccormick when, when he's on seriously would uh, would categorize as as being a top level elite big man but i just think that as baylor had to adjust over the last you know 10 12 games they didn't play someone like armando baycott and that's why i i think it's hilarious because north carolina could lose to marquette like this is the opposite end mm-hmm. stylistically north carolina marquette has an over under of like 152 The Virginia Tech-Texas over-under is 125 and falling rapidly. (laughs) Everyone's thinking rock fight and everyone's thinking track meet. North Carolina could lose to Shaka Smart's uh, Marquette Golden Eagles, but if North Carolina wins that game, I like North Carolina's matchup against Baylor uh, if they're going to be able to take care of things inside. I think that Virginia Tech, while they just beat Armando Baycott and Paulo Bancaro and, and Mark Williams and all of these great bigs, I think that Purdue's a really tough matchup for Virginia Tech. It, if they are on from behind the arc, clearly that isn't an, an entirely different beast. But uh, that's the reason why I'm I'm on Virginia Tech to beat Texas, but I will not take them to the Sweet 16 just because of my respect for Purdue.
1: Chip, love love that you're here, um, but Ooh, I don't want I, I don't I don't want you to overstep your boundaries. And um, I'm the only person allowed to say Jonathan Chachua on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You put so, in so much work to get it. Now that you yeah. have 100% exclusive rights, have exclusive
1: rights to Jonathan Chamwachachua's okay. name. Yeah. You can say you can say Flothamba if you want, okay. but but Jonathan Chamwachachua is mine. No, it's it, it, listen. You make great points about North Carolina. You know, Baycott top shelf big. If they were to get there, you know, Baylor's missing one of its bigs, uh, a rotation player, not only on this team but on the team that won the national title. And this is why, and we talked about this on Sunday Night's Podcast, I, I I could have made a case, like if you said make a case for Baylor not to be a number one seed, even though Baylor's got a top four resume, I would have started with they're probably going to be without their leading score. I don't know if L.J. Cryer is the best player, but he is their leading score. And suddenly you're North Carolina, you know, preseason top 25 team that won at Duke not too long ago and you're in a second-round game against the Baylor team, missing Jonathan Chamachachua and their leading scorer, L.J. Cryer. Like, I, I, I will pick Baylor to get to the Sweet 16, but there's nothing crazy um, about North Carolina, maybe, if they get there, um, uh, upsetting the reigning national champion. Uh, Virginia Tech, Texas, uh, Virginia Tech going to the Sweet 16, I'm not picking it, but I could see it. You know, as we talked a million times, uh, Purdue is still ranks hunt 100th in adjusted defensive efficiency. They're not great defensively. That's 100, the adjusted defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. Uh, what's Storm Murphy going to do to that?
2: What's That's not a rhetorical question. Yeah. What's Storm Murphy going to do to that? He's going to bring thunder and lightning and wind and hail and rain <laughs> down on the <laughs> Boilermakers. He's gonna, Norlander spent all morning on HQ talking
1: about Jaden Ivey. Didn't say a word about what Storm Murphy might do. I
0: di- I did not. Uh, that Texas Virginia Tech game. I st- I still I've submitted a bracket. Uh, there. I mean, I might change. I, I I again. I hold the authority to change any of these picks by Thursday. So, uh, a reminder: if you're listening to this particular episode, and of course you're listening to it because you're literally hearing me say it right now. We are no, going to no have way.
1: no way to not, no way to be right. No no way to hear you say that and not. You be You can't listen
0: it. to this episode and not hear me say this. We will have a Wednesday episode. So we're talking games. We're talking picks here. I want to get some of Chip's thoughts on like his favorite lines and stuff from the first round before we get out. But our Wednesday episode, I think, is where GP and I are going to like actually hear our, all our picks for every single game. Uh, I can't decide on Texas-Virginia Tech right now. I am going to have Purdue coming out of that pod in Milwaukee, though. I think the Boilermakers are going to show up and show out, and they are going to win both of those games. No matter the second-round opponent, I'll have Purdue winning by double digits and getting into the regional semifinals.
1: Yeah, Virginia Tech obviously enters this, having won the ACC tournament, got a little bit of momentum, perhaps a lot of momentum. Texas has lost three straight games going into uh, this NCAA tournament. We had Chris Beard on CBS Sports Network uh, Sunday night, and I asked him, like, you know, is that a thing? momentum entering the play tournament and he said um uh, certainly could be you know when he took Texas Tech to the national title game in 2019 i think his red raiders were something like 9 and 1 in their previous 10 games heading into the play tournament um and then you know that that if if, if momentum is a thing nine and one in your previous 10 suggests that you got it. And Virginia tech right now has it. Texas does it. And Oh, by the way, like we just like never talked about this because it just, it didn't seem to like, whatever, like what, what a Texas, you know, key player just quit the team, you know, Yeah. you know, it, like, you know, middle of season,
0: Trey Mitchell. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Like we, we spent a lot of time, or everybody spent a lot of time talking about Amani Bates, not being at Memphis, like Trey Mitchell more or less did the same thing. So, uh, I think I like Virginia tech in that game, but, uh, you know, you know Chris Beard is a nine and three in NCAA tournament games. Has shown himself to be a high level tournament coach in his still relatively young uh, Division one head coaching career. So um, I, 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 you know, nothing that would happen in that game would would qualify as shocking. Um, value bet to win the region. Do you have one? And I think let's define what a value bet is. Somebody that's not one of the top two seats. UCLA. That's right.
2: Yeah. You got it. If Johnny Juzang can be fully healthy for an NCAA tournament run, I don't think he even needs to average 22.8 points per game through the tournament like he did with the Bruins all the way to the final four. UCLA has gotten so much great play out of Jaime Jaquez coming down the stretch that I, I really like that team to be able to, especially if Baylor were to get bounced. Uh, I like UCLA to be able to make it to the Elite Eight. And if you're in the Elite Eight, then you've got a great chance. And if you're you're thinking about buying these tickets, you know, I, I don't know how much the the listeners uh, really go, how sicko mode you want to get, how degen you want to get right here, but if you're holding a UCLA ticket, especially at the cost you're going to get right now, then even just getting to the Elite 8 will give you hedge opportunities so you've got a no-lose type situation. So if you're walking into UCLA Kentucky, but you're already sitting on that UCLA to win the region at a plus number that's pretty big, then you can make your single game Elite 8 play accordingly and between Baylor and UCLA doesn't have that same big man advantage necessarily, especially compared to North Carolina. But if Baylor were to get slipped up or even if UCLA plays Baylor, Uh, I think that UCLA would be able to win that game. And so I like Mick Cronin's Bruins uh, as a value play from the four line.
0: Feels like uh, UCLA is the play here because Purdue doesn't, you know, I know GP said anyone, not one or two. Purdue almost feels like it should be involved in that conversation regardless because I just don't think it'll have good value. Purdue making the final four certainly a possibility, but there will be plenty of people that fade the Boilermakers as well. So maybe you can get, I don't know, decent value, but same areas on the five line not seeing it a uh, spoiler. I've got Wyoming beating St. Mary's in that 12 over five. Um, if indeed Wyoming can get past Indiana, I just happen to like that matchup a ton for Jeff Linder's Cowboys there. That'll probably be a race to 52 points to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I'd say UCLA matches and then maybe Texas, but I, you just got to trust Texas can somehow put it all together. And I'm an, I don't think Texas has won four straight games since December. It might even be November. Have they done it? At, have they done it? Period. I might be way off on this. I'm bringing up their resume right now, GP. They have not won four in a row since January 4th. So I'm not going to trust them to do that here. UCLA is the, is the wonderful play. And then if you really want to take a, a flyer, Chip mentioned uh, North Carolina before. Uh, I think so many people, this is a classic where I'm just going to fade the public. So many people are going to take North Carolina and beat Marquette. I'm just taking Marquette. There's not a lot of uh, evidence recently to say Marquette should beat North Carolina, but so many people are going to go with UNC this game. I'm just going to eff it. No, just take Marquette oh, so in that one.
2: The reason why I would not take for this particular question to get out of the region, North Carolina only plays five players. You're going to go through like that entire like NCAA <laughs> tournament run with five players, and listen, all around here everybody's getting their chuckles in, you know, they're getting their chuckles in they all turned traded in, uh, their Carolina blue Argyle sweater vests for camo hunting jackets on Saturday night. So they could all root for Virginia tech. And, and I, I don't think that this iron five, which had a incredible rivalry performance in the second half against Cameron, you can't ride that group to four straight wins at the NCAA tournament, which is kind of why if, If I'm going to do a North Carolina upset play, it's just the one-off against Baylor, and then you might run out of steam by the second weekend.
1: We will get uh, some of Chip's favorite first-round picks in the East Regional. We're going to do that next. But uh, before we do that, uh, let me make sure you understand what our friends at Sportsline are up to during Bracket Week. You can get every pick, every play, every upset, and fill out your bracket with the help of some of the best sports data analysts in the game. Visit Sportsline now to see which teams will make or break your bracket and see who cuts down the nets. All from the model that beat nearly 90% of brackets last tournament, one year after finishing in the top five percent. All right, East Regional. What are your favorite plays in the first
2: round? Chip. Targeting uh some of the are double-digit dogs. Uh St. Peter's to cover the number against Kentucky. Why would I stand in the way of a Kentucky team that I think is going to win the region? It actually has more to do with St. Peter's, which covered the spread 69% of the time nice. this season. Uh, in, in the MAC. Uh, they were able to consistently uh, exceed expectations, <laughs> and I do think that for Kentucky's uh, first game, that's going to be one. Similarly, uh, I'm going to be looking to jump on the other side of Purdue. Uh, plus minus the big number and get yale plus the points purdue only covered the spread 39.3 percent of the time that was a group that, that it was much harder than it needed to be way too often uh likely a big part of that being as y'all have discussed a lot on this show uh their deep inability to get stops in close games and then uh finally one more for you just i, I cannot say it enough but like the style transformation that I've seen from Hunter Couture as he was just a, you know, a nice, clean-cut boy from Orlando, heading to Wofford, and now we see him at Virginia Tech, all grizzly and just, just looking like he's really gotten lost in Southwest Virginia in a good way. I think Virginia Tech beats Texas. It's one of my favorite first-round plays in the East. Let me no. ask you this.
0: Okay, okay, I was just gonna ask Chip. Go ahead, go that, GP. My, my, my question can wait.
2: Now,
1: uh, my question probably doesn't even need to be asked. I am just curious as, as Chip was talking about it. Do you think Wofford fans are rooting for Virginia Tech, or they hate Virginia Tech? Hate, hate.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't think that that's, uh, or at least at a very minimum, not rooting. Hate actually is too strong. I do not think that Wofford, the South Carolina genteel nature, and the Wofford alums and graduates that I know are forgiving. In a way that i do think that there is no hate that is harbored but i don't think that they're just outright rooting for mike young and uh especially the the other pieces of that program that are now there
0: if uh if virginia tech were to make the sweet 16 kentucky would as well uh mike young the last time he faced john calipari was when he was at wofford it got him the virginia tech job they almost knocked kentucky uh which i believe was two seed out of the field it was a wonderful game and i want to say that was 2019. my question for the ninth yes my question for you chip is this uh when you look at all of the first round lines in this region which one to you smells the weirdest which one do you not like which one are you staying away from because obviously with all these games people are going to want to have some action on it let alone forget the bracket if they're just trying to bet on this which one to you feels like the funkiest that maybe uh that you're moving away from and you think uh, might be a little tricky
2: for all this time that we've spent talking about this team I, I would not uh lay more than a possession with north carolina untrustworthy to be able to cover big, like. Win close, could win by twelve, but generally untrustworthy uh in terms of that particular matchup, especially as I mentioned earlier, when you've got a, a point total of one fifty one, you're expecting it to be back and forth, big swings in the game. Uh North Carolina on the season is part of the uh the the perfect coin flip club. 50% against the spread. No, no plus or minus value either way.
1: One thing on North Carolina, real quick, and then we'll move on. Um, because Chip uh Accurately noted, they don't have much depth. They get, you know, Famously against Duke in the second half, they didn't sub. Um, Norlander, fact check me on this, but yeah. could this be a factor? Um, the timeouts in the NCAA tournament are longer, the television timeouts. So mm-hmm. like you had more time to catch your That's breath. Right. Mm. Get a blow, as they say. <laughs> what does that even mean? Where did that come from when people say, go get a blow?
0: We might not need to go too deep into the back story of that. I feel like... Type podcast. Let's not uh, let's not even explore the possibilities for that phrase. A lot of people don't realize this. The Brandon Davies started okay. with somebody. <laughs>
1: all right. <laughs> I'm just saying, people don't talk about that enough. Somebody said, Hey, you look tired, go get a blow. Next thing you know, he's kicked out of school.
0: It's a shame. It is a shame. There's
1: more of us than there are of them. So all right. Let's get to it. Yeah. Who wins the East regional chip. Who do you got advanced into the final four from the East,
2: the Kentucky wildcats? I, I think that in the loss of Ty Ty Washington and Xavier Wheeler for differing amounts of time, sometimes even within the same game, they, they had to learn how to come up with new plays, new moves. And, and what I mean by that is like, how are we going to play winning basketball without these players that are normally starters and very important parts of our offense, very important parts of our defense. And when they came out on the other side, you just look around and I just, I love the tools. I love the pieces. When you get all the way down to, you know, Keon Brooks and Davion Mintz, like they've had to step up at times this season and they've been able to answer the call. So, you know, Kellen Grady, Jacob Toppin, and obviously all of it around our national Player of the year, front runner, front runner, Oscar Shibwe. I like Kentucky.
0: Well, in the uh in the great words of dido i will go down with this ship purdue and i won't put my hands up and surrender there will be no white flag above my door because i'm in love with purdue and i will be for about two more weeks i think that's how that song went i'm gonna go with purdue in this spot because they were my pick in the preseason to win the national championship i think it's actually kind of a decent contrarian play here. Now, I have Purdue in the spot because, as we record this on Monday, the 2 o'clock show might be different from the 10 o'clock show. I don't know if I'll still have Murray State over Kentucky by the time we get to Thursday, but I've got Murray State over Kentucky right now. Okay? So, I, I have Purdue facing Murray State in the regional semifinals in Philly. Because of that, I've got Purdue pushing along, and I've got uh, Purdue moving past Baylor. I will take the Boilermakers, which... I believe means my man GP I think we have three different picks to come out of this part of the bracket
1: we do and I think any of the teams we by the way none of us are picking the one seed.
0: I know I know the, the disrespect right now to Huck this is very disrespectful look at the disrespect right now you don't this even is... have a Baylor name for the end of the show either
1: I didn't have time.
0: Don't let this podcast find its way to the Drew household. Do not under any circumstances.
1: I mean, I could have got one while, while you guys were talking and I was, but I, but then I,
0: we're not picking Baylor and we're not naming a Baylor player. It's done
1: double disrespect regional regional previews. are not going to have Baylor shout outs. I'm sorry. It's disrespectful. I understand. I apologize to McKenzie and Peyton and Brody and Huck And of course, Kelly. Not to mention homework. I'm not going to do the whole thing.
2: All right. So who do you have, GP? U <laughs> C
1: L A. U C L A. Fight, fight, fight. You this ever been fun. in Poly Pavilion and seen that? I don't care. <laughs> UCLA. Um, they got all these guys who've already made a run through this bracket once. They've got, uh, you know, Johnny Juzain, Jaime Haquez. Tiger Campbell. They got Mick Cronin, best coach in UCLA history. And they're eighth at Ken Palm. Truth is, they're probably a little under here. And so, if we are looking for a place to take a lower seed um, in this bracket to actually make the Final Four, I think this is a good place to do it. Uh, I love Baylor in all seriousness. And what Scott has done is incredible. Like, you know, uh, when we vote for National Coach of the Year, we'll look up and see where we're at then. Might be Tommy Lloyd. Uh, but it could be Scott Drew. I mean, lost four starters from a title team, came back, stayed at the tip top of the sport all season, won a Big 12 title, even though he lost Jonathan Chamwa Chachawa and LJ Cryer hasn't played uh, but, but one time since the middle of February. And you're still a one seed in the NCAA tournament. That is wild, wild, wildly impressive. Um, but given their limitations, um, I don't think they're the best team in this region right now. I'd be surprised if they get out of it. I'll take somebody else. I'll go with UCLA.
2: I think this is the best region for the top four teams. I was looking at it, and all the top four seeds have spent at least some amount of time within the top four of the AP Top 25 this year, with, of course, Purdue being number one and Baylor being number one. Purdue for a hot second, but both of them reaching number one. At different points in the season, we've looked at all four of these teams, again, in a four region tournament as being among the four best in the entire country.
1: All right, so you got it. I am going with UCLA, dead leg Purdue, Chip Patterson, with the Kentucky Wildcats. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys for listening once again to the Island College Basketball Podcast. Middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe any way you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Both places we need five stars. At Apple, we need a nice review. You can type words. You can type nice words. There's more of us than there are of them. The comments need to reflect that. You're not subscribed to the YouTube channel yet. Please knock that out. We will talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or...